Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. The first reading for the fifth Sunday of Easter is from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 6 and 7. Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. And some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians and of the Alexandrians and of those from Cilicia and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. And Stephen said, Brothers and fathers, hear me, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit, as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did not your fathers persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered, you who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. Now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears, and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witnesses laid their, down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from the second chapter of the first epistle of St. Peter, beginning with verse 2. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up to salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to Him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves are like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, 
to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to thee, O Christ. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Stones. Especially the bigger ones that actually we might even start calling boulders. We love them or we hate them. To the farmer in the field, they're a troublesome source of broken plow blades and other machinery havoc, harvest delays, and the like. But to my family, those same stones were a treasure. When I was in grade school, my parents finally finished off the basement in their house. And my mom got to realize a dream she had had since she was little. As part of their remodel of the basement, 
they built a field stone fireplace. The stones came from a friend's farm, and an expert broke them open and put them up to make this beautiful fireplace. For many of us, stones are beautiful. They stand as a symbol of strength and endurance. Sometimes we collect them. A lot of various people classify them. We can even build with them. But as much as we like or dislike stones, one thing that we don't do is think of them as living. In fact, their basic classification is that of a mineral, which is not a plant or an animal. But in our reading from 1 Peter, we get two references to living stones. As you come to him, Jesus, a living stone, rejected by men but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The first living stone we hear about is no surprise. It is Jesus Christ himself. He is the one rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. As we continue in the celebration of Easter, now a month ago, one of the things that we must remember is all that Jesus suffered and endured, the death that he died, the tomb that he was buried in, and the glorious resurrection. All of that was no accident. It is the very reason Jesus came into the world. His being the chosen one of God was to bring about the redemption of the world through his work. His being the chosen one of God included his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. So that he indeed might be the way, the truth, and the life as he proclaimed to his disciples. Jesus being the chosen one of God meant that he would be rejected by men and acquainted with grief because God was at work doing something greater in the midst of it all. God was at work establishing a new living temple in the person of his son, a temple not built by human hands, but one built by the Holy Spirit. Jesus' work for our salvation is the very cornerstone and foundation for this holy temple. And this wasn't a, oh my, people messed up my creation, now what am I going to do kind of plan. The scriptures inform us that this is the eternal plan of God. And you. You, individually, through the power of the gospel, by the work of the Holy Spirit, you also are called a living stone. And you are being built together, built up as a spiritual house. That's sort of what this is all about on Sunday mornings. This is what the divine service is all about. This is what Bible study and devotion is all about. 
the cornerstone of our salvation, Jesus being proclaimed in his word, being received in his sacraments, so that we would be built up as a spiritual house. As we come to recognize that the faith that we have been baptized into is bigger than just God and me, that God is building a spiritual house makes us realize that we have been brought into something far bigger than us, even far bigger than St. John's. We have been brought into a community of faith and into a community of believers. Dear confirmands, this applies to you as well. And since I had your pictures, I thought we would incorporate your pictures as part of the living stones of God's holy temple. You are brought in as living stones through the word of God, through your baptism into Jesus Christ. You've been maturing in your faith over the years, and now today, we're welcoming you into the full adulthood of the church, welcoming you to receive not just the word of God, but to receive Jesus Christ, the living stone himself, in Holy Communion. God has been at work building you into this great, vast temple of his. Each of you, individually. And it's more than just a building, even spiritual. Our baptism in the Christ, Peter also says, makes us part of a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Priests. In the Old Testament, they pretty much had one specific job. They offered sacrifices. And they offered a lot of sacrifices. In the Old Testament, the priesthood stood before the altar of God and offered all kinds of sacrifices, some of them being large, like bulls, some of them being small, like turtle doves, some of them being grain offerings. In the Old Testament, God had it set up that the priest was mediating fellowship offerings between parties that had been at war and now are being reconciled. The priests mediated the thank offerings, the first fruits offerings that were given as a, a celebration and a thanks to God for all that he had provided them with. And now you, each of you, individually, you are part of this priesthood now to offer spiritual sacrifices, sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So what are some of these sacrifices? Well, again, one of them starts right here. As we give up time in the world around us to gather together to offer sacrifices of prayer and praise and thanksgiving. In response to God's mercy, we proclaim His excellencies, or as the NIV translates it, declares the praises of the one who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. But there's so much more to this priesthood than just what happens in this place. Because we don't proclaim God's excellencies just here, but we take it out of this place into our everyday life. And each and every day we are called to continue offering spiritual sacrifices to God. 
How do we do that? Well, by daily contrition and repentance, we put away the things of sin. How do we do that? We let the Word of God be our guide. In our verses, just before our text, Peter writes, So put away all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy and envy, and all slander. Part of our spiritual sacrifices is by daily repentance and contrition, we put away the wicked thoughts of vengeance. We put away the deep-seated resentments that can build up in us. By daily contrition and repentance, we put away anger-filled conversations. We don't pass on the latest and juiciest piece of gossip. By putting away all thoughts of how Unfair it is that they have such and such and I've got nothing. These are part of the sacrifices we are called to make all the time. Or again, in the verses immediately following our reading, we get this general guidance. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak, speak of you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of salvation. Our everyday conduct is to be done so that others can give praise to God. And again, just a little further on, we hear another word of guidance. Live your lives as people who are free. Not using your freedom to cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. As we hear some of these pieces of, of advice, these words of direction given by the Holy Spirit through Peter, it almost sounds like we're talking about the Ten Commandments. It almost sounds that our spiritual sacrifices should be involved so that we would remember and love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. And it sounds an awful lot like our spiritual sacrifices are demonstrated as we love our neighbor as ourself. And then there's this. When you realize and recognize how far you have fallen from living the holiness that you were called to, then I invite you to again take some time away from the world and gather around Jesus, the living stone who was rejected by men but is precious in the sight of God. Come to the place where God is present serving you. Come to the place where you can freely say, oh boy, God, I really messed it up as your priest this week. I failed to do so many things, and I did so many that you told me not to do. And then listen. Listen to the great good news. 
that Jesus is still serving as your Lord and as your Savior. He is still washing you. He is still forgiving you. He is still strengthening you. Jesus is even actually living in you His living stones. And because He is, even when we fail and fall short as God's holy priest, even then, your sacrifices are pleasing to God because the cornerstone of God's living temple makes you and makes your sacrifices holy. Out and back, we have a great little reminder in the form of a stone. Well, it's, it's definitely more toward the size of a boulder. I couldn't lift it. Maybe I could slide it. I don't remember exactly what happened. Todd was helping me this morning a little bit. Don May is the one who found it. I think they found it out at Betty and Claude Branham's place. It's this great gray stone. And in the middle of that stone, going all the way around, is this wonderful white line that makes this like perfect cross in the boulder. We've been going often. We probably don't even recognize that significance anymore. But it is a great example, a great way for us to visually remember the work of Jesus, the foundation, the cornerstone of the temple that he is still building today. A temple that he is building until he returns and brings us to glory. Amen. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.